Today's scripture is Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, verse 23 to 28. Mark chapter 2, verse 23 to 28. One Sabbath, he was going through the green fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abithar, the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which it is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him? And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. This is the word of the Lord. Great to see that we have a number of guests today, and uh, so welcome. And love seeing college students come home. Um, Really, we love seeing you come home, and so welcome back, guys. And we are today looking at... um, This is the last week of uh, our current series, and then we're going to take a break and then shift this summer. We've been looking at Jesus as our Lord and King um, through the Gospel of Mark. And for those of you who weren't here last week, this is actually a part two of this passage on Sabbath. Um, So I won't say, you know, I won't say as much about this particular um, passage since I said a good chunk about it last week, and now it is a clash about Jesus. Um, Jesus looking at the people that the Sabbath had a very deep and important meaning and how, how the Lord took the, their people out of enslavement and how they practiced this to keep their religion and their ethnicity. But in those things were really blessed and good, but it also had become very much a powerful form of religious maintenance and legalism. So this is part of what Jesus is pushing back. What I want to do in today's message is talk and sort of pick up from last week where I talked about, um, about how there is an enslavement of work, not just externally, the work you have to do for your boss or the things you got to do, but there is an enslavement of work on the inside. And who we are and how we feel that we have to make up our own identity and complete our own persons and fulfill our own life from all the things that we do, this thing that I called last week, the murmuring of the internal enslaving Pharaoh, right? So I want to pick up on that. Now, um, before we just get to that message, I just want to give you a quick plug for next week, okay? Next week, we're going to start a new series that's going to go through the summer. It won't be just me. We're going to, the pastors are going to take turns speaking on hard questions. So if you yourself don't consider yourself a, a follower of Jesus, or you're a Christian, but you have like certain doubts or, or hard questions, about Christianity, we're going to try to tackle some of those this summer. And um, next week, I'm going to start. I'm going to kick this off with a doozy, which is how can Christians say that Jesus is the only way to salvation? How about that one? All right, one that's very, very offensive and difficult for many, many people in our society. And I'm going to try to tackle that particular question next week, and we'll start that. And so um, I hope that that'll be something you'll look forward to. And if you have any friends who are seekers or have these kinds of questions, um, maybe that's, this summer is a good time to uh, invite them to our church. Okay? So let's get into the, the message on Sabbath. 
um, which is a part two. I'm going to do this in three parts. Part one, um, well, the message is a part two, <laughs> um, but in three parts of the message, right? Part one of the message, rest for the heart and soul. Not just rest from work, but there's a heart and soul rest that we need and why the Lord instituted Sabbath and why we need it. You need Sabbath. It's not merely a command. Go do it because you're a Christian. Go do it simply because the Bible commands it. Go do it to be a so-called good person. It's none of those reasons. There's a much deeper, deeper need, and that is rest for the heart and soul. Part two, I'm going to give you, I'm going to work through, we're not really good at this, and so I want to spend the lion's share of time in this part two, the gift of learning and practicing rest by faith. By faith. Not by duty, not by legalism, not by just some kind of like dead habit, right? But practicing rest by faith and learning about it. And so I'm going to spend a good chunk of time giving you some wisdom points, um, things that I've learned over time. And, you know, it's not just not, I'm so smart. This, this is what Christians know those who have wise and learn how, how to live a sustained, deep life for Jesus, okay? And then part three, um, we'll close um, with a meditation on Christ, the be- completion and beginning of life. He's both the completion and the beginning of life. And we'll see that in the Sabbath, all right? So um, part one, I, what I mainly just want to do is just quickly review what I, what I said last week, that there is work that we have to do on, you know, you know you got work to do, your boss has work to do, you have grades, you have papers, and all these other things to do. Maybe even if not for working for money, you're, you're um, a stay-at-home mom, or maybe you're a stay-at-home dad. Lots of things to do for the kids to keep your house working. Work. But actually, I think the more deeper problem is, is what I would call the murmuring of the inner enslaving Pharaoh. And this is just a reference back to the Old Testament, because... Um, in the Bible, the Ten Commandments are given twice. I don't know if you know this, right? Exodus 20, and the reasoning behind the, the command for the Sabbath in Exodus 20 is that God himself is a God who rests. So he worked for six days to do creation, and then the seventh day on Sabbath, he rested. And thus, since we are made in his image, says, you're not all meant for work. You are like God. You can rest and simply be not do. You get the difference? Really important. Who you are, not what you simply do. What you do does not make you. Who you are makes you, and who we are is made in the image of God. That's Exodus 20. But in Deuteronomy chapter 5, it's given again, except this time the reasoning is different. And we have to have both. And the reasoning this time is you were once slaves in Egypt. And there was an oppressive there was an oppressive, very, he was considered the god of, that, of, of Egypt. And Pharaoh was a very oppressive and horrible lord, taskmaster. He enslaved you. Why must you stop? Because you could never stop when you were in Egypt. In Egypt, there was just seven days of work out of seven days because you were worth nothing as a person. You're just a slave. And so God says, I actually command you, you must stop. Because that's what Sabbath means. In Hebrew, Shabbat literally means just stop, stop. A whole day, stop. Why? Because you're made in my image and you belong to me. You have worth. And you can just be, not do. So stop. 
That's the command. But here we are, we live in a culture where we theoretically are supposed to get two days off, right? I mean, because um, you know, the history of America is Judeo-Christian, and so, well, the Jews want to take Saturday off, and the Christians want to take Sunday off, and our culture gives us two days off, theoretically, it used to be two days off. Um, and we still have this thing called the weekend, but for many people, uh, you, know, you don't really even have a weekend. Many of you work six days, some of you work seven days. And, um, and even those of you who so-called take the weekend off, um, we have this deeper problem because you, we still have a pharaoh. <laughs> um, not a political pharaoh, it's a spiritual pharaoh, and it's your voice <laughs> inside of you telling you, do this, B, you got to do this. If you're not, you don't make this. And it's just, I just want to quickly review this. I, I talked about this last week. And, he, and, it's, it, and sometimes this inner pharaoh doesn't even actually speak, but it's a kind of like, you know, it's that inner voice inside of you that's always like, if I don't get this done, oh, I just got to get this done. And you can't stop and be at rest. It's a murmuring because we have to make ourselves and make our life. And if I don't get this done, then, 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 then I'm bad or my life isn't going to work. That's, that voice has to stop. You understand? That voice is an enslaving voice. And if it's a voice coming from you, that's a bad, bad voice. Because you're trying to be your own Lord. And you yourself as your own Lord it will be a very, very bad Pharaoh. And... Just some of, just so, I want to just review just quickly, some of the ways that that pharaoh operates. Some of the pharaoh, like, each of us have a little bit different pharaohs. <laughs> and so your inner pharaoh, which by the way, I said this last week, you think it's your voice, it's actually the devil's voice. <laughs> you understand? You think it's you. But the devil's very good at making us his ventriloquists. You know, he's like a, making us his dummy. So if you do not worship God, the devil will be very good at controlling you and make you into his little dummy and put the lies into your heart through the Pharaoh of your heart, which is actually the devil, okay? I know that sounds like really serious business. It's very serious business. So Sabbath is a, is a fight to be free, to be liberated. Rest is very, very serious Business, if you want to call it business, because we don't know how to do it. So some of the different pharaohs. Some of you have a pharaoh of perfection. Be perfect. Perfect grades, perfect body, perfect parenting, perfect kids, perfect career. Tell that pharaoh to shut up. <laughs> Tell yourself to shut up. Please. <laughs> this life, you're, the, the best perfect is actually a kind of imperfect. Isn't that weird? <laughs> in which you can rest. That comes from God. God didn't want there to be perfect in that way. Um, how about some of you have a, um, a pharaoh of control? Control. Everything has to be controlled, and otherwise things will be, well, not under my control. How about a day where things are messy, <laughs> where things are not controlled, because you can be at rest? How about that day? Some of you have um, the pharaoh of achievement. Achieve, achieve. Go up, go up, more, more. <laughs> Some of you have the pharaoh of, um, of, uh, of uh, security. Security. If we don't make more money, if we, you know, this is why we've got to work seven days. If we don't make more money, then I won't be able to retire. <laughs> well, who cares about retirement if by the time you get there, you're just a, a frazzled mess? 
Some of you are like, we're, we're, we, we got to make enough money so like, we can have everything and my kids can have everything. No, your kids don't need to have everything. You know what they need? They need you. They need the Lord. They need rest. These things. So control, achievement. Um, and I'll just, just mention one more. How about the, the Pharaoh of more, more, more? It's greed. You understand? There's um, more money, more stuff. More achievements, more entertainment, more self-recognition, more self-glory. Tell, no, it's enough. <laughs> is there some place you can have contentment? Not more, more, more. And Sabbath is a good place. Stop. So let me give you one key before we go to part two, to um, the, the wisdom points. Um, if you are constantly always feeling like you're always tired, you're always tired, you don't get enough sleep. But even if you sleep, you still wake up and you're still, you got like nothing. You're depleted inside. You feel that way? I'm not sure a lot of you feel that way. Some of you are like, your eyes are like this. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm looking at just getting you know, this is what I'm seeing. You're like, oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. If you're in that place, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. You're in a bad place. It's a very strong indicator that you're a slave. <laughs> It's a very, very powerful indicator you're a slave. So what is Sabbath for? If you are restless, weary, exhausted, enslaved, it's that you must have your heart recharged. It's a soul rest. Your soul, your heart. This is the center of your being, not your body. Your heart. Your soul is the center of who you are. That needs re-energizing. That's what rest is for. That's what Sabbath's all about, okay? So let's go to part two. Um, part two, I'm going to try to give you five wisdom points. It's kind of a lot, but um, I'll, let's try to go through them um, concisely here. Now, part, number one, take a whole day. Take a whole day, especially if you're bad at resting. That's the, that's the first advice. Most of us in this city are, are pretty enslaved, all right? Um, and we're not very good at this. Some of you are thinking, like, if I just take a two-hour day off from the afternoon, I'm going to do X, Y, Z, I'm going to go to church, and then I'm going to do, like, five chores, and then, and then I'll get, like, two hours off before I eat dinner, and then I'll conk out in front of the TV or something like that. No. <laughs> it's called a day of rest, a whole day. Try to protect that day. Block that day from all the work. Whatever is work for you, whatever is like uh, de depleting for you, just no, please, no. God says no for a whole day. And I'll just tell you a quick story about this. Um, I, didn't, I never really took the whole day thing seriously until um, I was in graduate school. And I met, um, so I met a, a woman, and she, she was a little bit older, and she was doing a PhD. This was, she was at Harvard, okay? And so she was brilliant. And she worked super hard. Because you can imagine Harvard PhD students work incredibly hard. They work incredibly hard to get there, and then they don't stop. They go, oh, I'm just going to take it easy now that I made it to Harvard. No, they work even harder. Because Harvard is a crazy pharaoh place, right? And so, but she was a Christian. And I met her in the Christian fellowship. And she was like maybe about a fourth year biology PhD student. She practically lived in the lab. I mean, she lived there practically. Wake up there, go there, and then like eat occasionally, and then go back, and then like go home, exhaust, and go to sleep. This was her life, and she realized, and then she would like 
stop for like an hour and a half to go to church on Sunday morning, and this was like her whole life. And somewhere in the middle about her third year, she realizes her friendships were suffering, her family were complaining that they never saw her, and she was miserable, fearful, exhausted. She had grown distant from the Lord, and she had become short and angry, like short with people and angry and impatient. And she just said, this is, she just started to really dislike who she was and who she was becoming. And she heard a message on Sabbath, <laughs> and it cut her to the heart. And so she said, she, she was always afraid that if she could, didn't work as hard, because she never felt like she was quite, but this is, a, this is a strange thing. People get to Harvard and they all feel like they're imposters, because everybody else at Harvard is smart. So, but they think they're not as smart as everybody else. So you know what they do? They drive themselves super duper hard. This is how she fell. She was like, these other people are way smarter than me. I have to work super hard. So she drove herself all seven days until she remembered, wait a second. My identity is not being a Harvard PhD student or having to beat these other people through my own efforts. My identity is in Christ. <laughs> I got faith. It takes faith to do this. By faith, you must stop. Not work, not perfect parenting. Your kids will be okay. You have to have faith in that. <laughs> you have to have faith that the Lord will provide for you if you do not work this day. You have to have faith that God will send you to the right school if you don't study this day. Yes, actually, I'm telling you not to study on Sunday, or at least for one day. Now, she had to actually get some certain things done before Monday morning. So what she decided to do was Saturday dinner through Sunday dinner would be a Sabbath. No work nothing. And she said, it was incredible. Like, I, I actually allowed myself to have, you know, like friends, you know, dinner with my friends on Saturday evening. And I slept in and then we'd go to church. And then I would go for long walks and I'd take a nap and I'd read my Bible and sing my praise songs or call my, call my family and have a long phone call. And after dinner on Sunday, I was like a new person, she said. I remember her talking like this. And um, years later, I didn't really actually take her word too seriously. It just kind of stuck in my mind. But I'll tell you when, it really, when I started taking it seriously is um, years later, I was working on a PhD. <laughs> and um, for those of you who don't know, who've never done a PhD, and, 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 and I hope that you never do one, <laughs> OK? <laughs> don't ever do one, all right? It's like a pathway to enslavement, all right? But, um, I, I didn't finish mine, so because so, like I, I got the, I saw the light and got out. All right, but um, but the, you have to get to this point called a comprehensive exam, right? And that means the big bad bosses called the professors will examine you on the on the breadth of the whole field, and all the the really hotshot PhD students have to feel like I'm going to study this like to death, so I can impress my professors. I, I was exactly like that, <laughs> and so for a year. Um, I set myself to, I, I looked at, I, I planned this whole thing out of all the different books I had to read that I didn't read. And um, it was about, I planned that I'd have to read about a thousand pages a week for like a year and a half. Um, and so the, my goal was 200 a day for six days. And if I couldn't quite get to 200, it's okay, because then I had, a, you know, a, 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 <laughs> I had a little buffer, so I can get to 1,000 pages in a week. You guys ever try to read 1,000 pages in a week? <laughs> it is insane. <laughs> it is so hard. It is so hard. And so I would wake up, 
And it was like, like go to the salt mines of the book. <laughs> and then I'd come back at night. And uh, my wife and I weren't crazy. We, we decided that I would come back, um, I, would, I would take a break and go to small group for church. <laughs> so I always went to small group. And on Wednesday night, I came back early and fed the kids so she'd get a break <laughs> and she wouldn't divorce me, all right? <laughs> and I did this. This was like, and then, and you know, that was the year I remembered what that woman said, that sister said. It saved me. It was a rescue. And Sunday, Sunday was the most beautiful day in that year and a half. I'd get up, I'd sleep in, and we'd go to church. Sometimes the songs would be good, and sometimes they weren't, and sometimes the sermon would be good. And, and I did just, it, it was just all like a bomb to my enslaved, exhausted soul. And I would fall asleep with Hudson, who was five years old, who could barely understand football in front of the, you know, the TV. And I'd take a nap, and then my wife and I would cuddle up uh, in front of a bad movie. And I didn't even care if the dinner was good or not good because it was with them. And it was all from the Lord. Take a whole day. Okay? How are you going to be liberated? If you're, no, you must stop. That's the first one. So let's go to the second one. Give yourself permission to experiment and try things. Why? Because one person's Sabbath is not another person's Sabbath. Because if it's an inner pharaoh, it's not like you can just have the same exact practices. You know, certain practices may work for a lot of you, but it may not work for one of you. So we're not any good at this. So you have to try stuff, which is why it's great that each was like, oh, that was a kind of, I wasn't any good on that Sabbath, and I kind of like was frazzled. The next week, do it, try it again. And the next week, try it again. Try something different. So um, some of you are perfectionistic, uh, you know, um, pharaoh enslaved, and some of you are more, more, more greed pharaoh enslaved. So maybe the work that you have to stop and the thing that you need to energize, you will be different. So what is it that answers the pharaoh to shut up? That's how you can know. When, when that voice stops and finally your heart can go, oh, you have to try stuff. So if some of you, you're like, I'm just going to go rollerbladed every other, day, every other Sunday by myself because I am an introvert and I don't like being around people. Then do it. Right? You're an introvert. Just go curl up with a book and don't talk to anybody. Fine. Do it. Um, but... Maybe you're, you're an extrovert, and so you just got to go hang out. <laughs> go hang out. You're like, so we're going to go to the, I'm, I'm going to like ask three or four friends to the beach, and we're going to go hang out there, and we're going to laugh, or we're going to throw a football around, and we're just going to do nothing together. Do it. Do it. Worship the Lord, and then go do nothing. Try it. So try stuff, okay? That's the second one. You're like, oh, try stuff. That sounds such, such like smart advice. It is. Because <laughs> a lot of you are like, just go do the same thing. Or whatever. Go do the same thing. Like, stop. Just try something different. And, and let, your, let your friends and your brothers and sisters influence you to try something different. You may find that something that you haven't tried before, like, whoa, whoa, actually going for a walk <laughs> out in the woods. I never thought I was like this nature kind of person. But man, being around this beautiful stuff, it just makes my heart go quiet. It's crazy. I didn't realize that. Try it. 
I'm not a hiker, but maybe it'll work. It doesn't work for me, but it might work for you. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, number three. Um, this is an interesting key. Serving and bless, blessing others can be restful. <laughs> How about that? So some people are like, we come to church and there's all these people doing stuff. And so like, how are they being restful? Well, because rest isn't doing nothing. This is interesting. You actually have to find the thing that makes your heart full and not a slave again. Whatever it is, that thing that gives you joy, that thing that when you do it, you could just keep doing it. You can do it again and again. It doesn't bore you. And, and, and it's interesting. By the way, it's not usually passive entertainment. It's usually something you have to do that requires a little of energy and your, your talent and something that you get to do, not have to do. And some of you don't know that difference. And oftentimes, it, it is connected to the Lord. Maybe you'll find that teaching um, an underprivileged child to read for an hour a week is something you get to do, and you find this, this never gets boring. This is actually... My heart feels full. I'll give you an example. My mom, so here's what my mom was like. She would wake up early in the morning and make sure, you know, because she, she was like a hard charger mom, very attentive mom. She was a very good wife. She also was very active in the church as what, you know, the term they call it in the Korean church as a kwansa name. It's sort of like a really, that's sort of like your really, you know, um, active motherly leader, female leader in the church. And she also ran her own business. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like an exhausting life? She ran her own business. So she ran her own business, and she was a boss, and she ran the books. She was one of these, she, she was not a good delegator, so she had to like do all this stuff herself. So she would work sometimes. You know, she'd watch a, she'd watch a TV show for like an hour from like 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock, and then she'd work till 1 a.m., and then go, go to, go, um, then go to sleep. This was kind of like my mom. This was my mom's life. But on Sunday, she didn't work. <laughs> and she served church. And one of the ways that she searched that what for her was get to do, not have to do, was she sang in the church choir. She, my mom was gifted with a beautiful singing voice. And she sang in the church choir for decades. <laughs> right? She would go to the practices and... And it was get to do, not have to do. And um, singing in the choir, sometimes singing at home just while wandering around the house, it was get to do, not have to do. And that was a place for her of deep, deep rest, to be human, to be God's daughter. So find that thing where you serve and you bless you get to bless and be a blessing, and then in being a blessing, you are blessed. <laughs> huh? And so a lot of you are like, I, want, I don't want to do anything for anybody. And by the way, that's weird. I noticed that a lot of you who have that attitude, it's like, if I have to do something, then that's, not, that, that's, that's work. And so it's actually very interesting. <laughs> find the thing. You want to find real rest? You have to go find the thing that you actually do that blesses. It's really, it's really an interesting Paradox. Right? So let's review. Number one, take a whole day. Number two, experiment and try things. You may stink at the Sabbath thing for a long time until you discover the things that work for you. Number three, 
Serving and blessing can be restful. It's not just about doing, it's about being. Number four, family and friends. Connect with them. Oh, this sounds so basic. Okay, so like I have to tell, like, I feel like I'm telling you, sky is blue, water is wet. All you enslaved San Jose, Silicon Valley people, you know there's such a thing as friends and family, and you should actually hang out with them and, be, and love them. <laughs> okay, so here, here are bad ways. So if you're constantly on the phone, you're not present with your family or your friends. <laughs> if you're always thinking about entertainment, entertainment, that thing I gotta do, or the social, oh, check my Facebook, just check my Instagram, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Or the work that guy got to do, or the, the, the paper I got to write, or the da, da, all, it's, it's on your mind all the time. You're around them, but you're not with them. There was a period in, my, in, in our marriage when I would be at home, and my wife would say, you're at home, but you're not with us. <laughs> you're at home, but you're not with us. The, oh, that cut. I was like, oh. And by the way, if any of your family and friends ever say that to you, don't defend. <laughs> you're guilty. <laughs> If they say that to you, you are guilty. You're a terrible family member and a bad friend, <laughs> okay? You, you go, I'm a good friend, I'm a good friend. No, you're not. If they ever say this to you, if they ever say this to you, you're guilty. Don't defend, okay? You're, you just, you're just, oh gosh. If they say this to you, let, let, okay, let me be mean about it. You suck, <laughs> And by the way, a lot of us suck. What we're doing is we're bad at loving. That's really what we're doing. That's what we're talking about here. You can't love if you don't spend time and you're, if you're not just at least present, just being there, being. I'm with you. We're here. You know, you're you know, like, like, this is what kind of dad I am. I'm present with my, my kids. Oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. I'm like, so they're just so cute. I like being with you. Five minutes later, you're like, okay, go, go play over there. <laughs> I want to get on my phone and check my sports scores or something like that. That's kind of like the dad I was, right? But how about a whole day when we could practice, maybe not every single Sunday or every single Sabbath day, but there's a day, there's a day that like, you go like two hours, three hours, it's family friends time. Pick a friend, some friends that you want to like love on for this season. Or maybe there's a, a, a brother or sister, your mom, distant, Sabbath, and just loving that person is blessing unto rest in Christ, okay? Um, you know, oh, I, I want to make a, a quick point about this. Um, you're hanging out with your family and friends, careful about entertainment. We all like to do something that's entertaining, but especially like movies, video games, like, we think this is restful. Some entertainment is a gift. But if you're an entertainment glutton, you will find that it depletes you. Doesn't it? It leaves you empty. So, like, watching one good movie is really cool. But, you know, like, running through, like, 30 episodes, I'm going to, like, binge watch something, and at the end you're just, like, fried, and you're like, oh, I'm so rested. No, you're not rested. You're like, uh, you feel less human, right? So be with your family and friends, but be with them. Don't just engorge, like try to drown out your exhaustion through meaningless entertainment. Make it good entertainment. Some is a gift. Too much is too much.
Okay. Um, last one. Oh, this one's good. This one's good. Married couples. So those of you who are singles, you get to look forward to this. Okay. Married couples have a sex life. <laughs> So I have to, it's weird that I have to tell you to do this. I know some of you have a crappy sex life. Because work, work, kids, kids, got to get this done. Okay, I'm just going to like veg in front of the TV, or, or worse, a veg in front of porn. Okay? Um, and then connecting to your wife or connecting to your husband, and then your sex life just kind of dies. At the beginning, it was exciting because you hadn't done this before and you never you know, saw her you know, with all her clothes on, so it's all exciting because it's all mysterious. But now you're like, I've seen you a lot. <laughs> and I know you, and you were really annoying last week, and you, you weren't very helpful. <laughs> and the sex life just kind of dies. Um, God said, have, have uh, come to me and be rest, at rest once a week. But you know, there's another deeper covenant. There's another deep, not a deeper, because our covenant with the Lord is the deepest, but another deep covenant. The second biggest covenant in your life you have with your spouse. Some of you may not get married, which is great, but for those of you who are married, have a sex life. <laughs> and, and by the way, I do think once a week is good. It's a good number. That's a good number. If you're following probably below, averaging less than once a week, you're probably not in a good place. That's what I think. Now, that's just my opinion, but it's a well-informed opinion. And have romance. Have fun. Have laughter. Be naked in the soul, not just in the body. Be vulnerable. Be intimate. And let it be fun. And sex can be, it's like, it's that deep, deep intimacy. It's a lot of things. For those of you, if you're not married, you're not supposed to know about these things. But, um, but uh, it's a lot of things. Sometimes when you're low, it's comfort. When you're sad, it's encouragement. And of course, when you've, sometimes it's just plain fun. Sometimes it's just plain laughter. And sometimes it's just clumsy and fumbling. <laughs> but it's okay. Because you're married. And hopefully the person's not going to leave you because you're not very good in there, bed, and so you practice. <laughs> so practice a good sex life. Sunday's a great day for it. Okay, if you're like, okay, I can't do it Sunday night because I, I, I can't be tired Monday morning, fine, then do it Saturday. <laughs> right? Sabbath. So I know it's a lot. Okay, take a whole day. Experiment and try things. Serving and blessing is restful. Number four, connect with family and friends. Number five, married couples. Please do not neglect your intimate one flesh union with your spouse. It'll bless you. Now it's close. It's a lot of good advice, but all of it needs to be in faith in Christ. If you, even if you don't do it apart from Christ, it'll help you. <laughs> so it's just kind of smart advice. But if you do it in Christ, oh. Hebrews 4 talks about how the Israelites were going, they were going through the wilderness. This is the way Hebrews describes the Christian life. It's a pilgrimage wandering through the wilderness where we're afraid all the time. And yet we're going to a deep, deep place, a promised land, and it calls it a Sabbath. That's the picture. Um, the Jews looked 
toward the end of the week. But then Christians changed it because Jesus was resurrected on Sunday morning and said, we're going to start the week because this is our new life. And I actually think um, they're both right. Our deepest rest is in him who went into the wilderness for us and did all the work which we could not complete, including our righteousness, including completing our humanity, including being really brothers and sisters to each other, sons and daughters of God, and including atoning when we fail, when we were wicked. He completed the work we could never complete. So we end the week in his rest. But you know, we begin the week out of that rest. You want to be made whole? You must first remember that you do not have to finish and be perfect in all your work. And you won't. And in fact, you'll fail. And sometimes you'll fail badly. You'll sin. And if you're always all about work, 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 make myself me, then you are going to break your life and sinning against God and forgetting that you're made in his image and for him. Let's run to Jesus, the author and completer of our faith, the one who begins our week in new life and completes us when we're all broken down by the time we get to Sunday. Come to the Lord. Let all his grace and mercy from the cross wash you of all your enslavedness. And let his resurrection Sunday give you new life again, going to Monday. Practice Sabbath in Christ, and I hope you find real rest. It will make you really human and whole. Let's pray. Jesus, we think we can make life and build it without you. We think we can build it on our work. We can build it on our body. We can build it on our achievements. And, and then we just destroy ourselves and each other. We actually turn ourselves into less something less than human. Turn us into machines and slaves. But we thank you that you are the great liberator. <laughs> You're, you completed the work we needed on that cross through your death and resurrection. And you have unleashed a new life into our heart. But we regularly think, I'm going to go into life and just try to run it the best we can and just get a little bit of Jesus on Sunday and then, the, and then, and then we'll go into slavery again right after we leave church. And I pray for all the weary, tired, exhausted people who are hearing this message. And so often, me too, I've, I'm this way. May we repent and find this great gift that you give every week where you have been the completer of our life and the beginner of our life. We love you. We honor you. Help us to be freed from the inside out. Find the deepest rest in the depths of our heart and our soul with you, for you, from you, and offer it to one another and become whole. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.